Hey, this is Natalie Grant, and you are listening to the Christian Music Guys podcast. On today's episode, we sit down with Natalie Grant. Natalie's latest album, Seasons, releases this Friday. Welcome back to the Christian Music Guys, the podcast for all Christian music fans. Bye. Christian music fans. That's us. <laughs> That's us. A little, a little, a little change up today, Jacob. Bum, bum. I'm going to have like dramatic music playing instead of our theme. Bum, bum. <laughs> that way, I was thinking like, do you know the show Law and Order? It's like bum bum theme bum, song. Bum. That'd be yeah, cool yeah, to have yeah. our start like that. Kind of intimidating, Jesse. Um, today I was at the store and um, I picked up the seasonal favorite eggnog. It officially oh, you got it, huh? Yes, it was at Walmart today, and I picked up a half a gallon for a lot of money. Wait, was it pumpkin flavored or was it just regular? Just normal. Okay, because I, I was going to say I've seen pumpkin and I've seen regular, but I, most places you go now, it's just pumpkin, and I'm not a big fan no, of pumpkin. No, they had so. that, and they had vanilla spice eggnog, which I've had that. Yeah, like, that's that's fine. It reminds me of a lot of boiled custard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, eggnog. And um, so I got All excited. Right. It is the season. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. October. Woo. We are. <laughs> But it reminded me and made me think about the Christmas music that is being released. Um, so much. Man. Colton Dixon just released a brand new Christmas like EP, a few songs on it, Home for Christmas. Got to listen to that. All these Christmas tours have been announced. Sidewalk Prophets, of course, Michael W. Smith and Amy Grant and Michael Tate will be on that tour. Um, so many. I mean, Zach Williams is going on a Christmas tour. So many artists are announcing these these uh christmas tours natalie grant which she's on our show today will be doing a christmas tour with danny goki they do that as pretty much like a tradition type thing and man this time of the year it is october but you go into walmart full-blown christmas is all out at my walmart hobby lobby it's like 80 aisles of christmas stuff oh hobby lobby's been there since like july August. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and then our our one of our Christian music heroes, Michael W. Smith, is releasing another Christmas album this Friday, along with Natalie's big album. Deal. But That's a big one, man. What do you think, Jess? I, I just I love it. I love eggnog. I love this time of the year. Yeah, and you got yeah. And I was thinking Matthew West has his uh, what is mm-hmm. it Home for Christmas? Yeah, thing he does. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's as soon as it. I always you know I always like my my like kind of. Um, excitement for the holiday season kind of starts at October. Uh, Cause that's when traditionally kind of typically where we are in Kentucky starts to eventually cool off at least by the end of the, at the end of the month. And um, yeah, things, you know, the leaves, leaves start falling off trees, all that stuff. And uh, you know, it's getting close when I see skeletons in the neighborhood. I know that, that that garbage is going to come down in just a second, <laughs> and then the Christmas lights are going up right after that. Up baby. until February, so I'm all right. I see. It. Yeah. Hey, listen, that's still a long story. <laughs> My Christmas decorations and tree were up until February because yeah. <clears throat> we had family. In well, I'm saying town. people that don't even have family have theirs up till February. 
Oh yeah, no, I had a reason. I had a reason. We we had family from out of town coming in February to celebrate Christmas, so we kept our stuff up. Um, so that was fine. Uh, but, but yeah, man, I'm I'm ready. I've already started thinking about um, how I'm going to decorate this year, and uh, I've been getting my. I've been going to Goodwill, you know, getting those little village, finding the village homes, adding to my collection. No idea where I'm going to put all my houses this year, but I'll make it make it work. And yeah, man, I'm ready to put some new Christmas music on around the house mm. with all of our all of our friends that are coming out with new albums um, and music. I'm excited to put them on rotation. Now, if I can get a vinyl, I'll put them on vinyl, too, because that's my favorite way to listen to Christmas music is open my record player and put on a classic Johnny Mathis album or, or uh, Bing Crosby or something. So I'm waiting for my, some of the, some of these artists to put out. Hopefully Michael W. Smith does a Christmas oh, vinyl. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Now, when is an appropriate time? I mean, we already know this answer for our family. When is an appropriate time to listen to Christmas music? Is it Thanksgiving weekend? Is it not till December? Is it, December the the twelve days of Christmas, or is it now? I mean, uh, here soon our local radio stations are going to yeah. start playing November first, in October. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have been listening. Well, I've been listening just because that's our job to do. But I've been listening to for pleasure Christmas music. So just can't help it, man. Yeah, it's for work. I have to. Yeah. <laughs> No, I listen to it year round. I'll, I'll I'll in the summertime, you know, it'll be July, August, and I'm like, you know, it's the dog days of summer, super hot. I'll go in, put on my vinyl records, and listen to some Christmas music, man, and just close my eyes and think of cooler times. Hmm. Yes, sir. Um, it's exciting, and we're looking forward to all the releases of Christmas music, and of course, all the Christmas tours. Uh, we'll be checking out some of them in person and so it's exciting man we uh, recently sat down with a Christian music icon legend I mean man her voice is I mean there's like three top like vocally legendary female Christian artist man that I can think of and Natalie Grant is one of those artists that I have been you know a fan of for quite some time and uh, man her new album Seasons is, is wonderful it, it releases this Friday and um, it's it's an album for Christian music lovers I mean she does it's a cover album so she does all these classic Christmas Christmas <laughs> Christian classic songs and she does um, duets with with people and um, it's 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 a wonderful wonderful album jesse yeah it was a great conversation with natalie and been fans for a long time so we were happy to sit down and talk with her and hope you guys enjoy the interview on today's episode we have uh, natalie grant with us we've looked forward to having you for a long time with us natalie thank you so much for taking the time thank you i'm honored <laughs> thanks for having me yeah so uh congrats on singing the national anthem the other night at the republican debate um that was amazing and if not not to get political <laughs> here but if i had to choose a winner it'd be you <laughs> but how, how did that experience go how was that for you 
you know, it was, it was such an honor, but it was also this interesting inner mind dialogue I had going on the whole time I was singing because I usually sing that song mm. at a ball game. And so I'm used to just kind of being myself and taking liberties and getting really excited. And you kind of feel like this is a very different environment than a football game and everyone's in suits mm -hmm. <laughs> and we're all dressed up. So it was, I just had to kind of go, well, in my like inner dialogue while I'm saying, don't mess up the lyrics, even though I've sung it so many times, it does not matter. The pressure to not mess up the lyrics is very real. And I'm going, okay, can I be myself? Yes, still be yourself, but don't go too far because you don't want to be too much because this is like a very conservative presidential <laughs> thing. <laughs> mm, that's funny. So that was basically what there was happening. Well, so Natalie, um, what we'd like to ask our first time guest, and I think most of our listeners are going to know uh, of your music, but we like to kind of, uh, we've heard you say in interviews and other places, uh, how much you love Christian music and how much it's been a part of your life, even, you know, before you were singing. So how did you get your start uh, in the Christian music, uh, I guess, oh. industry? <laughs> Goodness. Well, yes, I have been a lifelong fan of Christian and gospel music uh, long before I ever even dreamed that I would be doing it for a living. Um, I was born and raised in Seattle, Washington, where there's not really, it's not really a hotbed of Christian anything. Um, and I was raised in the church though. And I'm like, I often say, you know, it's easy to kind of talk about these places in the country that are you know, not very Christian or super liberal, but I have to be honest, I'm really grateful for it because it made me very sure of why I believe what I believe at a really young age. I moved to the South and I was like, it's going to be like summer camp every day. Everybody loves Jesus. And I'm like, wait, just because you have a lot of religion does not mean you have a lot of relationship mm -hmm. with Jesus. Yeah. But mm -hmm. That's a sidebar. Um, but I have loved Christian music my whole life. It's first of all, my parents only allowed me to listen to Christian <laughs> music. So that was part of it. But then I ended up loving it. And, you know, that was like back in the day where you went to the Bible bookstore and you waited for a new record to come out. And like, you could go into the listening center with your big headphones. Yeah, we had and the like, same life. Listen. We had the same life. <laughs> <laughs> and you waited for it. You were like, oh my yes. gosh, the new Heart record is out and I'm going to go right. throw my headphones and I'm like, you know, and so, or I don't know if you guys did this, but like you would wait for your favorite song to come on the Christian radio station and you had a boom box and you would record this. You would put <laughs> tissue yeah, in the little, you would put right. tissue in the tape, the cassette tape to record it off the radio. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 So you yeah. got my um, and so the way I got my start, honestly, was just singing in my local church. And I'm truly a local church girl. I never thought I would go into Christian music professionally. Um, I'm older. And so like it was pre-American Idol or The Voice. Like mm. kids didn't grow up with this idea that you could just be a professional singer. At least, right. at least I didn't. And so I went to a Christian university. I was studying elementary education. I thought I was going to be a first grade teacher. And then there was a singing group that had been around for like 30 years, like rotating members called mm -hmm. Truth. And I don't know if you 
for who they are, Mm -hmm. but they came through my church in Seattle and did a concert. And I was like, Oh, that, that'd be kind of cool to do. Like I could take a year off of school or whatever and go do that. And so I auditioned and I dropped out of my junior year of college and thought I would end up coming back eventually. And I never came back. (laughs) That's sort of what God used to be like, this is what I've actually been preparing you for. Um, And it was honestly during the, I call Truth Christian Music Boot Camp. I don't know how much you know about it, but I got paid $50 a week. And we did 335 mm-hmm. concerts a year. So it was yeah. hard. Like really we hard. Had, yeah. But go ahead. We had jo- we ahead. had Jody McBrayer <laughs> on and he said the same exact thing. He oh, said okay. it was a it was like a boot camp. And he's like he ate night after night yeah. after night. <laughs> I was in it with him. Um and and it was just it but you know, I look sometimes at at newer artists now or artists that have gone through, you know, these um, reality talent shows, you know, and it's it's not like I'm I'm dissing that in any way. But to make it for the long haul, like to make it for 25, 30, 35 years, I sometimes think you need the really hard mm-hmm. yards in the beginning. Mm. Otherwise, sometimes I think those other things like if you hit big really quick there's it, it's yeah. it's not your own it's not even your fault it just sets sure. you up for an expectation that you might not be able to maintain you know well i mean it's it's yeah. the same with people <laughs> in the church world like that have you got to start from yeah. like the bottom like and and i've always heard it say yes. god's not going to give you more if you can't be faithful in the smaller things and a lot of times you got to go through you know the, the fun stuff you know Hi. uh and that's yeah, the and then you know, all along the way, you'll you'll go through tests and trials and learn. Oh, so that's how you do it, or that's not how you do it. And so, it's <laughs> great. Totally. Well, totally. Um, a lot of times, uh, those are seasons in our life. You like how I'm going with this? <laughs> oh, transition. <laughs> yeah. Your your upcoming album season's releasing on October the 6th, and we have got to hear it, and we're such big fans. And not only is it a collab album, but it's songs that we all grew up listening to and, you know, current songs as well. So tell our listeners about Seasons. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I think sometimes when you say you're doing a covers record, it almost can be discounted a little bit like, oh, they they have to fulfill their record contract or <laughs> they're doing something to get them, you know, to hold people over from like this last record to the next real record. And um, this is not that for me. This is um, probably going to go down as like my favorite record I've ever made. <laughs> and one, it is because I'm such a fan of Christian music, like truly a fan. I still geek out going to any awards show where I get to hear people perform. I, I'm still a fan and I still listen to Christian radio and I still love it. And I'm not... I get sad when people have to be a little bit too cool to yeah. admit that, you know, Yeah. Um, 
to me, it's everything. So this is like my favorite record I've ever made. And really the inspiration for it came um, back in the lockdown of 2020. My husband and I um, started doing songs on Instagram and Facebook or whatever, just to try to keep from losing mm-hmm. our own minds. And um, and we called it um, A Song A Day Keeps the Crazies Away. And we kind of thought, oh, this might minister to some people. We could never have prepared ourselves that like, I think the last count was 76 million people watched yeah. those videos or something yeah. insane. You know? wow. And for us, that was like, it, it, it not only was just a kind of a sign that people were really connecting with this, but I did some of my own songs on those for sure. But what I really did is I went back and I just started performing songs that I loved from my childhood, from college or from current radio or from whatever, and just kind of doing it the way I would do it. And people seemed to really connect with that. And I really loved it. And that's really where the inspiration came from. Mm. And it really was for also like my kids and a generation of artists who are kids and saying the, I love like God's always doing a new thing. He's always moving us forward, but there is something really powerful and important to honor by looking back and seeing what has come before and what has been done and songs that maybe got put on a shelf that never should have been. And like, you know, we did, we will stand Mm. by Russ Taff and Mm. uh, several of all of those artists with the exception of Kane. And that's because their parents have done the job of educating them on (laughs) Christian music. They grew up on it. Um, But all the other artists, not to, to diss on them, but because they're young and they didn't know they came into the studio and they were like, you guys have like written a song that sounds so retro <laughs> and it is awesome. <laughs> and we were like, it is retro. It's from my yeah. reason for that. <laughs> or like another time, another place, which for me, you know, Sandy Patty and Wayne Watson or Sandy Patty and Larnell Harris, they were mm. like, the Celine Dion and Peebo Bryson of oh, yeah. you know I mean? like they were like the classic nineties duets, you know, you listen yeah. back to that and it sounds like mm-hmm. a Disney movie. And like, I realized I did it with Jonathan McReynolds and he was born the year that song. <laughs> hey, I'm glad you did yeah. that. Or, or I was going to be in there you go, and yeah. Mark Lowry, another good <laughs> duet from the nineties, you know, uh, it's funny you say that because I one time was leading worship um, at, in like a youth event and I and towards the end of you know our worship time, I sang "He Is Exalted," Twyla Paris, you know. Yes. And so I just kind of sang that. And afterwards, this this uh, young guy came up to me and he was like, "What was that last song? Like, is that like?" I think he was like, is that Bethel or is that Jesus culture? Like, who is that? And I was like, oh, man, let's talk. <laughs> it I was like, we need to talk, man. It influenced them for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's just been the part. I mean, and obviously it's a very eclectic group of songs. I mean, I don't know anybody even though I'm a little bit even older for saying that I grew up, you know, with this song on my playlist, but I don't know a Christian music kid of the last like 30 years that didn't have shackles on Mm -hmm. the playlist. You know what I mean? It's like, 
Shackles made everybody's playlist and it didn't matter whether you were white or black or didn't matter. Like it, it wasn't genre specific. And I felt like that was one of the first songs that brought gospel into CCM and um, they've never remade that song and ever because they didn't right. need to, cause it was still cool all these years later. But I just thought, I mean, I'm just going to ask and like the worst thing they could do is say right. no. Right. But they mm. said, <laughs> I was like, everybody, other people have covered this song, but no one's covered it with the Marys. And so like Bernie ended up Bernie, by the way, I didn't say, but he's my husband and he produces mm-hmm. and writes so much. Christian music and produces my stuff. And so he ended up going back to Warren Campbell who produced the original and they co-produced it together. And I don't know, I don't think you can improve on the original, but yeah. It's <laughs> <awesome>. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. yeah. They sound like as good as they have ever sounded. And so there's just some really fun, very eclectic mix of songs. Um, you know, my tribute, which is an Andre mm-hmm. Crouch song. Like yeah. my mom, like I can remember sitting in the living room, like playing with my dolls and my mom making dinner and that record on vinyl is spinning. And that's like my parents' song, you know? Mm. And so I think, and um, there's just like all these different moments, but they really are all connected because they're from different seasons of yeah. my life. So, <laughs> and I can already tell you like, I don't even care because I'm 51 and I've been doing this stuff for 25 years. So I don't really care if it's cool to do another one, but I'm for sure <laughs> doing it. Like I already have a whole other list. I'm like, oh my gosh, why didn't I do? When uh-huh. I forgot about that. See, oh that's, my that's what we were talking about as well. After we heard it, I said. <laughs> I'm like, I could do a whole rust half yeah. of his record. Like, cause he was so influential to me, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> So being a fan of Christian music for a long time, who who are, you know, when you were younger, before you were uh, singing in church even, like who were those um, earliest like influences? Like when did you start to fall in love with music? Like who were those bands and groups that you were listening to? So because I'm the youngest of five kids, you know, I would at first listen to what my siblings listened to. And they loved a group called The Archers. And okay. That was in the seventies, which I'm looking at you too and saying that's before your time. And, um, and so that was like seventies, early eighties. And we like my family all just came to Nashville to visit and we were ro- out at the pool and rocking the archers on our pool playlist. And we were like, they were like so ahead of their time. Like it was like certain, like almost like it was really cool. You should go back and listen mm-hmm. to the archers because they were amazing. So I love the archers. I loved second chapter of Acts because Matthew Ward, um, Matthew Ward was the first time. See, as a little girl, I always leaned towards gospel and Mm. there was just something about gospel singing that just, I identified with, I don't know if it was just the emotion or the way they threw their whole selves into a song, but I was always drawn to that kind of music. And Matthew Ward was like the first white guy I heard sing, <laughs> like, like and he could Wonder. sing. I was like, wait, how and he could yeah. sing, sing, like sing. So my little childhood, it's that. Then as I got into my teenage years, it was, you know, Brian Duncan, Fred Hammond and commissioned. It was, um, the allies, if you know who they are, that was Bob mm-hmm. Carlisle originally was the lead called the allies and the allies were also ahead of their time they were amazing i loved white heart 
Um, I this, love... this is the soundtrack of our childhood right here. You're literally <laughs> listening, like listing off all the cassettes and eight tracks. Now, that we Natalie, we, who do we have on Jesse? I forget, but they told us that Bob Carlisle sang back BGVs for the, uh, probably going to get who sang it wrong, but Guns and Roses, I think, the Girls, Girls, Girls song. Okay, yeah. When they told us that, I was like, what? That was one of those, um, <laughs> yeah, that was one of those facts of Christian music that would, like, you don't know. And it's like, that's yeah. amazing. What? It's like the mind blown emotion. Yeah, that was, that was the very first, like, real tour where my face was on a poster. It was in 1999, and it was for Bob Car. I opened for Bob yeah. Carlisle. That's and so cool. It was like Butterfly Kisses era, so it was a really good tour. It set me up like all of them mm-hmm. were going to be that good. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> I have to go back to a 15-passenger van. Um, And then the other greatest influence on my life and continues to be the first concert I went to, I was 11 years old, and it was her and her brother at that time, and it was Mm. Beanie and Cece Winans. I had a record called Heaven, and I just... I just remember going, I'm pretty sure Cece Winans is like the fourth member. (laughs) Like She's like... Here at CC. <laughs> and it's so funny because in the last few years, she's had this real kind of not a resurgence because she right. never went away in right. gospel, but in CCM, mm-hmm. she had this solo that all of a sudden, like these kids are like, oh my gosh, have you heard of this artist named CC Wanted? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. I have. <laughs> It's it's like kids in youth groups will say, man, Toby Mac is is awesome. And I'm like, yeah, but he was also in a band called DC Talk. Who are they? And I'm like, oh, mercy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of. Yeah, DC's a. I was going to say CC's a she's a legend. And and I was going to say, you know, speaking of uh, music legends, you decide to cover a song by Whitney Houston yeah. <laughs> uh, step by step. And then not only are you covering a song, uh, you know, by Whitney, but then you decide to do it with Dolly. So, I mean, it's like, just, just go, go for it, Natalie. I mean, that's awesome. What's it like covering a Whitney song and then doing it with Dolly Parton? Well, I mean, honestly, I just have these moments where I'm like, what is even my life? Because that song, the reason I chose that song is because it was from a really kind of like, very pivotal season in my life. I had just moved to Nashville. And of course I moved here. I got a manager first and then I moved to Nashville and he was like, we're going to get a record deal, like 99% of the rest of Nashville. And I didn't get a record deal right away, but I had to pay my rent and eat. And so I got this job at Medicare and I had to drive in my, I had a really beat up old Volkswagen golf. And like, if you got above 55 miles an hour, it would like the steering wheel would shake. But I had a cassette player that worked and the preacher's wife had just come out and I was like, I love Whitney. And that whole soundtrack is just literally everything. But I would listen to Step by Step at 7 a.m. on my drive from my apartment to Medicare. And it would get to that little part where Whitney would be like, come on, baby, got to keep moving. Come on. I'm like, yes, Whitney. Yes. So I'd be like driving every day, listening to that song. And so fast forward, I'm doing the seasons record. I'm like, I kind of have to do that song. Cause I like, I'm living my dream. But back then it really took some kind of like steadfast belief in what God had put on my heart to do, to keep at it, you know? And 
long story short, I never dreamed uh, Dolly Parton would be singing on the song with me. I sang at Dollywood this year. She just happened to be there. She asked to sing with me. We ended up meeting. I didn't know my manager pitched the song to her. I literally had no clue. And then she passed. She said, I can't do it. I'm too busy right now because she just finished a covers record. Mm -hmm. And then literally it's like out of a made for TV movie. She... (laughs) I guess somebody gave her the actual track and three weeks later, she wrote me a letter on Dolly letterhead. <laughs> it says Dolly in hot pink across the top. Oh, that's awesome. And she asked to mm. be on the song. She was like, I don't know if you found somebody to do this yet, but this song is so good. It just keeps ringing and calling me back. And if there would still be a place <laughs> for me, I would love to be like, you're Dolly Parton. Yeah. <laughs> of course there's a place for you. So anyway, that is literally how it happened. And she's been so supportive. She's posted all about it. She, she's just like kind of what you hope and think she's going to be like kind and down to earth. Mm. She actually yeah. really is. So <laughs> that's how that happened. And then she's singing a Whitney song after Whitney sang, I will always mm-hmm. love you. It's like, that's so cool. Yeah, Pretty that cool. is cool. <laughs> well, we're really looking forward to this Pretty album. Cool. I mean, all your collabs, Corey Asbury, Tasha Cobbs, and one special song that my wife, uh, her, her one of her favorite love songs is Make You Feel My Love. And so I uh, let her hear it, uh, your version, with your daughters and your mom. That is so special, Natalie. And uh, love, 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 love that version <laughs> of yours. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's kind of just a quick story. I... I do think that moms and dads, I I know Bob Dylan wasn't thinking about moms when he wrote that song, but my daughters, we were on a family vacation and my daughters were telling me about this really, their their favorite Adele song. And I was like, that is not an (laughs) Adele song. (laughs) Like, kills it, kills it. And I love her version, but let me actually play you the song. It's a Bob Dylan song. And so he played it for them when we were talking about why they liked Adele's version. And I was like, well, I love it too. And we talked about, but I saw all three of them across the back seat singing those words, you know, I'll go hungry. I'll go black and blue. I'll go crawling down the Avenue. There's nothing I wouldn't do to make you feel my love. And I start crying and they're like, mom, what is going on? I'm like, this is exactly what I would say (laughs) to you. Like, yeah. Mom's heart to her kids, and so the rest yeah. is history. <laughs> it's a parent song. It's perfect mom yeah. to her kids song. Yeah. Well, we're really <laughs> looking forward to it. So. Thank you so so much. <laughs> Natalie, our listeners really enjoy when we have a first-time guest on. Uh, We do a segment of favorite things where we mention a category, and you let us know what your favorite thing is in that category. Kind of gives our listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit more. Uh, Things that you're typically not going to talk about on the radio necessarily. So this is a little fun thing we do. Uh, We'll start with an easy one, though. Do you have a favorite food? Oh, yeah. It's a really pedestrian pizza. (laughs) If I had to if I was on like a deserted island, I had one thing to eat. I could only pick one thing. It would be pizza. I, I yeah. was never wrong. It's just Are always you right. one? <laughs> I'm a youth pastor, so the amounts of pizza that I consume in a week is is higher than average. Yeah, me too. I love pizza. Are you one of the ones that put pineapple on your pizza? 
I do like pineapple. That's good. <laughs> now we're getting controversial. <laughs> okay. Now we're getting political. Here we go. I can, I can go without. I can go without. Uh, I, yeah, I can go yeah. with too. <laughs> Do you have a favorite movie? Oh, I do. For the people who are not conservative, I'm going to say The Notebook. For the people, because <laughs> I love The Notebook. We cry. I still cry, um, but I really love the sound of music. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up with it with my parents. And now I watch it with my girls, and I love the notebook. But yeah, and I love Gladiator, so I know it's hard to pick. But those would be my three. <laughs> Two uh, very vastly different movies. I know. So different, almost as different as pineapple and pizza. Almost like they can't be mentioned in the same sentence. I'm just saying, okay. <laughs> Uh, do you have a favorite um, uh, show that you've binged? Okay, so this is going back a little bit, but it still is probably our favorite binge ever, 24. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, so was the movie. Yeah. We loved it. I, I was really sad that it went away, but 24 was where it was at. My new favorite is Severance. If you haven't seen it, it Okay. Awesome. Do you have a Do you have a favorite artist of all time? Uh probably CC. I mean, it's hard because Whitney was um Whitney was so great until she mm-hmm. wasn't, right? CC has she's never <laughs> been great. She's the goat. <laughs> yeah. And she listens to our podcast, so it's good that you said her. Uh, and it's not just her music. It's it's her. It's how she's her character, how she's carried her life through her yeah. family and ministry. So she's yeah. my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a dream duet? <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, uh, that's literally what Seasons is about. Yeah. The only other duet that I'm now going okay I did CC I did Tasha I did Dolly like if um now if I had to pick one I think you guys would never be able to ever guess it but it would be Brian Ooh, that would be a (laughs) good one yeah I'd like to hear that I think he can just really really sing and he was like my you know like my my husband and I is like yeah (laughs) yeah Well, I mean, you need to start making another list because you said you're already kind of thinking about the next one. So, I mean, go ahead and put them on the list. He's on it. Do you have a go-to ice cream flavor? Um, Salted caramel. All right. How about a favorite (laughs) podcast? Oh, I mean, without a doubt, you guys are right at the top <laughs> of the list. The, she did uh, read the email we sent earlier. Perfect. All right. How could I possibly do another? But come on, how can you do better than three guys, even though I know there's only two on here, but three guys yeah. who That's funny. <laughs> do you have a favorite Bible verse? I do. It's hard. So I'll give you two things. My favorite chapter of the Bible is Romans 8. Um, 
And I don't say that the message is a study Bible because it isn't. I view the message like I view a song, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of my artist songs are based off of scripture. It's a creative mm-hmm. interpretation of a Bible verse. But the message, Romans chapter eight in the message will literally transform you. It's incredible. So Romans chapter eight, and then probably if I had to pick a favorite verse, it's first Peter five ten. Um, the God of all grace, after you have suffered a while, will strengthen, perfect, establish, and yeah. settle you. Yeah. Can we leave that middle <laughs> part out, though? I really like that verse, you know, but the, it's the whole. I know. After a while, you know, that's the part. That, that's, that's the, that's the gut punch, right? I'm sure that's that, like, um, mandatory part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the process, yeah. right? It's yes. how it happens. The process. Well, besides sure. your, your, your new album coming out October 6th, what, what else is next for you and how can our listeners keep up with you? Well, I'm pretty active on my socials. That's an easy way to keep up. I post often and it's really me. I think that's important for people to know. Um, I've never allowed a company or anything to post on my behalf um, because I think that um, I was never looking for the highest numbers. I was looking for the highest Mm -hmm. engagement. And I really wanted people to know it was me and it was the real me. So that's the best way to keep up with me. and next, um, our, our twin daughters are juniors in high school right now. So honestly, I think one pe- thing people know about me is family for us is literally everything. And so I am touring like crazy. Bernie and I are touring. I just got off the It's Time tour. We're hoping we're going to do more of those. I have a Christmas tour coming up with Danny Goki, our eighth one, our eighth annual Christmas tour. Um, so definitely busy on the road, but... And also balancing that with being home for all the things with our kids, because I don't want to miss a thing. Well, speaking of (laughs) Christmas music, Natalie, you have one of the best Christmas albums ever. And I will say not just the Christian music, guys, but it is time for new Christmas music. So I will tell you this, that this is really I'm going to give you an insider piece of information. (laughs) My record company didn't count Christmas records towards my contract. So I made one Christmas record and I was like, I just gave them a free record. Yeah, that's a lot of work. (laughs) I will, as as soon as I possibly can, um, I will be making a Christmas record. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for now, we'll just go and find you and Danny on the road, okay? Yes, yes, yes. We love doing our Christmas tour together. It's basically the whole night we're together. It's a really fun night. It's a really fun night. Well, Natalie, to wrap up, we'd like to see if you'd be willing to share something uh, that God has been doing even recently in your life that would help build the listener, our listeners' faith. You know, yeah, I... Um, I think that an understanding of the presence of God um, over just the last couple of years, um, even as my husband and I lead the creatives at our church in Nashville called The Belonging Co. And, you know, it's one thing to to work for God. It's another thing to understand what it means to just be with God. And I think that sometimes when you talk about like the presence of God, um, sometimes people, 
people have made that a little bit like hocus pocusy. You know what I mean? Like a little mm-hmm. spooky, like, oh, is it one of those like Holy Spirit weird people? You know, like I'm not talking about anything falling from the sky or like God. Ta- I'm talking about scripture and the word of God telling you that his presence is actually available to you in a very tangible way. And I think about back in Exodus 33 when Moses was, you know, basically God had said, hey, I am going to deliver you to the promised land because I promised you I would, and I never go back on my word, but because of your sin and your disobedience, I'm going to hold my presence back. Right. And Moses basically said, this is my paraphrased version, but what good is the promised land without your presence? Like your presence is the promised land. And then he prayed this prayer. He said, show me your glorious presence. And I think that if we began to pray that one thing every day, God, in in my workplace, show me your glorious presence. In my fear, show me your presence. In my doubts, show me your presence. In my family, show me your presence. That is a prayer God's going to honor every time because you're praying according to his will. He wants to show you his presence. He wants you to realize that he's with you in every moment. And I think that sometimes we quote that verse without actually understanding the real life implications of the actual tangible presence of God being with us. And I think that changes everything. That's really good. Really good. Thank you, Natalie, so much for for chatting with us this afternoon. And we've already texted Brian McKnight and he should be calling you. I mean, to set this up. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It was a joy to talk to to other Christian music fans like me. Well, thanks, Natalie, and thank you, dear listener, for checking us out. Be sure to check out us on social media at Christian Music Guys. Also, check us out on our YouTube channel at Christian Music Guys. Go to our website, ChristianMusicGuys.com. There you will find our latest blogs, and you can find all of our recent episodes. If you're on Apple Music, please rate and review us. It helps with our algorithms that will be greatly appreciated. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.